Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. Is this all? Is it all? Is it all? Is it all? Okay. Hey, good morning. morning. Are y'all all all right? Good. You know what I want to talk to you this morning about? Well, yeah. (laughs) Who said that? (laughs) I want to talk to you about being a welcoming person. Because I believe that if we're Christians... We should be welcoming. Did Jesus welcome people? He welcomed people. Y'all, I ran into a guy the other day. He, uh, he's a Christian. He's, a, he's been a Christian most of his life. And I, I, I walked up to him and said, hey, Fred. It's not his real name. What's going on? He said, I know. I, I, I said, hey, you having a good day? He said, there ain't no good day this week. I'm like, really? That's not a good testimony, is it? But I I think a lot of us, when we get out of church, we forget who we are. And so I want to remind you that Jesus welcomed people into his life. Amen? Is that true or not? He was a welcoming person. Let me just read you some of the things that uh, that are said uh, by him and about him. Listen to what he said in Matthew 11, 28. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's welcoming. He welcomes us. And I, I, I want to, most of you don't know who I am really uh, or what I do, but I work with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, that's a sports ministry. So we're always with athletes and coaches. We spend, I spend most of my time with athletes and coaches. Uh, this year, I went out back, back in the summer, I went out to Heinz Community College and I walked into the football office. And I found out who the head coach was. I didn't even know. He had no idea who I was. And I walked into his office, and I found out his name was Coach Williams. And I walked up to him, and I said, Coach Williams, I'm Bill Buckley. I'm your new football chaplain. Well, that's pretty welcoming, don't you think? He, never know, he, he didn't know me. He didn't know who I was. But I, I have been working as a state a director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and that has taken me away from the football field that God called me to. It's, it's taking me away from the football locker room or the basketball court, being with the coaches and the athletes, and that's why I became involved. And I was missing it so much. So I said, I said, Coach, I want to get back on the sideline. Will you let me? Do you know what he said? Listen to this. He, <laughs> I can't tell you exactly what he said. <laughs> I'm going to leave out some significant words. But he basically said this. He said he's a big old, big old, big old, big guy. And he looked at me, and he was kind of leaning over into me, and he said, I tell you what we need. I tell you what my boys need. I tell you what they don't need. They don't need scripture crammed down their throat every time you come out here. They need life. They need somebody to help them gain traction in life. Can you do that? I said, yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir, I can do that. And you know what we did? We, des- we designed a program. We had uh, a different person. We call it 
Heinz Community College football life skills curriculum. And I invited 10 people to come out, 10 successful people to come out and stand in front of them and tell them how they became successful. It was awesome. It was incredible. I know a multi, 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 multi millionaire who came out and talked about how at 18 years old, he started his first business. Him and his, him and his girlfriend uh, had a baby. They weren't married. They, weren't, they didn't know the Lord. They started a business. They gave their lives to the Christ. And over the next three decades, he became, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he told how, how, Foster, how the uh, Department of Human Services in California, which is where he lived, came and got him and his, his uh, sister out of the home and, and took them away from their mom because she wasn't capable. She was emotionally a wreck. Dad was gone. And, and how the rest of the story was. And, the, and, here, and here's the thing that, that we told him. We said, tell your story. And if it includes God, say something about the Lord. Does that sound very uh, spiritual? Do you know at the, end of the, at, at the end of the message, he took three minutes to say, you know what? If it weren't for God, if it weren't for God. And we had one person after another come in and talk. We had a lady come in and talk about building resumes, how to build a great resume, how to do a great job interview. We had uh, another lady come in, and she talked about identity. Uh, we, we had a banker come in, and he talked about managing money, investing money, and giving money. And it was powerful. Let me ask you, what do you think those 60 football players were doing during all those 10 things? What do you, what do you think they were doing? What? Paying attention. They were leaning into it, y'all, because nobody ever poured into them like that. And you know what we did? We provided a welcome road to them into the kingdom of the Lord. And every one of those 10 people shared a little bit about their faith. And if you had been looking from a distance, you, should, you would have said, well, that was all about banking and very little about Jesus. But you know what? God was opening doors. And the last guy that came, the last guy that spoke, his name was Art Jones. He was an African-American tennis coach in Jackson. He runs his own business. And he stood up in front of him, and he told about being born into a single-parent single home and how hard that was. But then he talked about what God did in his life. And his theme was, his theme was, having a strong heart and at the end of that time the last three minutes of his time we gave those kids an opportunity to receive Christ 26 of them gave their hearts to the Lord is that good 27 27 of them 26 of them gave their lives to Christ 27 of them uh, said I want to grow in my faith with the Lord I want to grow in my faith so that's, that's almost the whole team. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Because we went in and, and shared the four spiritual laws? It happened because we were welcoming people in their midst. And I want to challenge you, wherever you are, some of you are like heat-seeking missiles. And you're going to go in and you're going to go right for the spiritual juggler. 
I can't say that that's wrong. If that's what you're called to do, go do it. But you know what we should all do? In a way that welcomes instead of drives away. Right? Can we welcome the world like Jesus did? That's what I want to encourage you today about. And so there were 60 kids on that team. 51 of them made some kind of decision for the Lord. But we did not start with what looked like Christianity. We got there, and the Lord did his work. Can somebody say that's beautiful? <laughs> that wasn't a very welcoming response right there. Gee. So uh, when we welcome, we make others feel known. When we welcome, it gives others life and hope. When we welcome, God can open hearts and bring healing, and it's powerful. Do y'all have, uh, have these outlines? Do you have these outlines? Good. Okay, good. So I want to share with you real quickly five characteristics of a welcoming person. Can, and you know what I want to ask you to do is just look at your life. Look at your life. I'm not saying that you have to go out every day and just get all over people. But we, there's got to be something that's attractive in your life that will attract people to the Lord if you're serious about Him. And if that's not you, then can you just evaluate today what might be blocking that, you being a welcoming person? I have to tell you, I, I have, uh, my life is under big change. If you knew me even five years ago, when I, was the, the camp, when I was the football chaplain for Mississippi State out here under Dan Mullen, I was a lot harder than I am right now because I got in that culture of D1 football under Dan Mullen, who was a hard, hard dude, and I was getting hard. So you have to evaluate your culture. Has your culture made you hard and taken you out from being a welcoming person like Jesus Christ was? You have to look at that, amen? How many of you work in what you call, you would call a caustic culture? Raise your hand. Come on, don't be afraid. Well, my gosh, that's amazing because the world is caustic and the rest of you must be doing really great. That's awesome. Uh, but you know, but you know uh, th that, that, cult, that culture really does. Mary, is that your painting over there? Is that your painting? Would y'all look at that glorious painting that my wife did? <laughs> that is awesome. She is amazing. Well, let's look. Let's look real quickly. The five characteristics of a welcoming person. Number one, new life. We carry the life of Christ by the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, can anybody name the nine fruit of the Spirit? Did y'all hear that? Come here, stand up and say that again real loud. Come on. Oh! Oh! Who will stand up and say those nine real loud? Right, right here. Stand up and say them. Yes! 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 Now, that's who we are. That's who we are right there. That's who Jesus is. And his spirit dwells in us. That's who we are. Now, if we are not, if you can't see the fruit of your spirit in every day of your life, what is up with that? And I'm not here to shame you or condemn you. We all have good days and bad days. But we should be 
exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Now, can I ask you this? Uh, how is your driving these days? Are you driving okay? Not flipping anybody off or, or uh, throwing things at people? No. How do you feel when somebody tailgates you? You feel the fruit of the Spirit? How do you feel when you tailgate? Are you exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Jesus. I don't know about you, but, but driving in Jackson, Mississippi will show you if you got the fruit of the Spirit going on or not. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, listen, no condemnation again, but that's who we are called to be. That's who we're called to be. This is a description of who we are. Now, I want to tell you what. If you're exhibiting those things in your life, you're going to be a welcoming person. Amen? All right. Number two, identity. You are confident in who you are in Christ. You're confident of who you are in Christ. That is so powerful uh, to know to know your identity. Do you know that uh, you don't get to choose your identity? Did you know that? A lot of you, you know, you got to choose your field of study in school, and you got to choose your job, but you don't get to choose your identity. It is a gift from the Lord as you are. And if, we, if you are not walking in your true identity, we're not getting the greatest gift of who you are. And we need the gift of who you are, really. And when we get the gift of who you are, really, wow, you will be a welcoming person. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, you know that for many years, I grew up right here in Starfield, went to Starfield High School. I played football at Mississippi State. Uh, and until I was about 28 years old, you know what my identity, my identity was? Number 24, that was my identity. Boy, that is a sad existence. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. Has somebody tried to put a label on you that doesn't belong on you? And you need to get rid of that and be who God called you to be. Because who, you call, who he called you to be is awesome and great and powerful and beautiful. Amen? Your true identity in the Lord. Number two. Number three, wholeness, being healed through our brokenness. Man, can somebody, uh, does anybody have a, a short story maybe of, uh, of uh, maybe can you just give us an, uh, an idea of how your brokenness uh, kept you from loving somebody? Just real brief, like 60 seconds. Can anybody do that? Anybody do that? How your, bro how your brokenness kept you from, from really loving somebody? You chicken livered. <laughs> Nobody in here. Who's that? William. What do you say? Never mind. College, I was dating a girl. We were about to get engaged. What's Caroline? Sorry. Uh, we did get engaged. Uh, uh, but I, I realized that uh, I didn't love myself because I didn't, uh, I could love her, but I didn't love myself because I had accepted Christ's love for me at that point. So huh. Wow. So that, that was a good example of brokenness that, that the Lord led you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anybody else? 
how how you how the Lord showed you your brokenness. Yes, sir. Um, I look back. There's a very influential time in my life where I uh, was at going to a movie and this guy kept getting in my bubble. We were playing as his friends and, and I rushed the conversation and I went in to sit at the movie with my friend. And as I sat down in a seat very similar to this one, I realized how selfish I was with my mm. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. How many of you uh, struggle with uh, insecurity and inferiority? Some of you? Some of you? You're aware of that? Well, uh, I really do. Um, until I was about 21 years old, I was... Uh, I mean, my nickname... My football coach in, high, in middle school called me, my nickname was Crowbate. Do you know what Crowbate is? I don't either, but do you want to be named that? <laughs> Crowbate. So, do you know what I find myself still doing? I find myself still trying not to be Crowbate instead of being Bill Buckley, who God called me to be. Because I want to tell you what, I'm daggum awesome. And that's not bragging. I can say that about you, every one of you. That's no brag. That's fact in the Lord. But if we're still, if we're still trying to live, this is so big. If we're still trying to reach the world, we got all this daggum brokenness that we won't let the Lord heal. We can't, we can't get the gift of you through all your mess. So we got to bring it to the Lord. Amen. Let's bring it to the Lord. Don't make excuses for it. Don't look the other way. Let's go ahead and just get broken. Do you know what the Lord does? He breaks us in our broken place. John, uh, Genesis 32. Do y'all remember, remember the story of, uh, of Jacob? How the Lord met him in the wilderness? You remember that? He was running. He was between a rock and a hard place. He was running from a guy that wanted to kill him. And there was another guy over here that was coming to kill him that he didn't know about. And Jesus met him on a mountain. And he was such a broken man. But the Bible says, remember this? He said, that God, that God wrestled with him, and they wrestled together all night long. All night long. And, but, the, but the Bible says that Jacob prevailed with God, and he did not let go of God, and he knew how broken he was, and he did not let go of God. And remember what happened next? What happened? The Lord touched him what? Touched his hip and did what? He broke it. He broke him in his brokenness. But the rest of the story is he changed Jacob's whole identity from Jacob to who? He gave, he caught, God was calling out the gold in Jacob. And only the Lord can find the gold in who you are. And everybody in here has gold. But if we don't let God break us in our brokenness, we can never discover the greatness of who God calls us to be. Amen? Yeah. Are y'all all right? Oh, come on now. Uh, so wholeness. And then number four is purpose. When I know the why of my life, I am confident and passionate. I'm confident and passionate. Do you know what I believe that the calling of my life is? 
uh, to call out the greatness in coaches and athletes. That's, that's, that's who I am. That's who I am. Uh, and because I know that, all of hell can't stop me. Because I know who I am, when I get around those coaches and those athletes, I have a passion and a fire and a love for them that is tangible, and they know it. I don't have to fake it. I, they know it. And I, I am a welcoming person to them because I'm, all, I'm living in the passion and the why of my life. And so I want to encourage you, God has a why for you. And I don't know what it is, but we have to find our why, know what our purpose is. So many people are living without purpose, and we can't be the passionate, spirit-filled people God calls us to be if we don't know our why. Can somebody else share what your why is? Anybody else? That should be one sentence. What? Somebody, share a why. Isaac Buckner. Well, maybe it's hard to put in one sentence. But you know what? Maybe your, your, uh, your uh, homework could be this, this week. Figure it out. Here's a why right here. The, the prominent. <laughs> yeah, right. The prominent why of my life is doing everything I can do to connect you with your father. Wow. Wow. Connect sons and daughters to the father. Well, that's a, that's a why right there. What about you? Anybody else? Anybody else have one? Want to share one? Well, I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this week. To ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what is, what is my why? What, what is the thing that's in my, D, my spiritual DNA that is something that will transform, that you will use through me to transform lives? To help, to help coaches and, and athletes to know Christ. To help coaches and athletes to know the greatness of their lives. That's so simple to me. And when I wake up in the morning... That is so on my heart. It's not the only thing I do, but that really is the motivating factor. And when I come around people, I, it, you, know what, you know what a why does? It kills your inferiority and in your insecurity. So if you're struggling with inferiority and insecurity, it's probably because you're just not walking in that thing. And when you start walking in it, man, all of a sudden, that stuff just doesn't become, it's just not as important anymore. Okay, number five, under five characteristics of a welcoming person, maturity. Don't you love my definition of maturity? Isn't that good? I made that up with the Holy Spirit. It says, that stage of life when you discover what? It's not about you. <laughs> that is maturity. <laughs> you know, oh, it's not about me. And when you start knowing who you are and you start knowing who the Lord is and you're walking in your calling and, and, and you know, it's just, you're just going to realize it doesn't have to be about me. You know, God is everything. And when I understand who I am and what I'm about, 
then I don't have to try to make it about me. And that is beautiful, beautiful maturity. Uh, and you know what I love about uh, Johnny and Debbie? is because uh, when you get around them, they are mature, spirit-filled Christian people. And they don't have to play an agenda with you. When you come into their presence, y'all feel it, you know it, right? When you come into your pre- your, their presence, it's not about them. They make it all about you, amen? That's maturity, and it's such a beautiful thing. And you know, you don't have to be older to be mature. You can be 16 and know the maturity of the Lord in a beautiful and powerful way. Amen? Are y'all all right? I know that i got to get you out of here because y'all got to go to the dadgum girls game. Okay, real quick. Five reasons why we miss welcoming others. And I've talked about some of these, but I wanted to, I wanted to outline them uh, there for you. Hey, can I tell you one more quick story? I, I love stories. I want to tell you a quick story about uh, Deontay. I can't even say his name. Deontay. Uh, Deontay. Deontay was a uh, defensive back on that Heinz Community College football team. Uh, you know, I have this theory about football and life. That the further you get away from the center, the crazier they are. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. You don't ever hear about an offensive lineman getting in trouble. They just don't do it. They're faithful and loyal. They take care of business and they run the whole show. And without them, we're lost. Who is always in trouble? Yes, wide receivers. It pains me to say that because I am one. Defensive backs, it's the same deal. Now, if you're offended right now that I'm talking about football, you need to get over that. (laughs) I'm sorry you didn't play. It doesn't mean that you're less than us, but this is a great story. So come on and go with me for a minute. (laughs) DBs are the number one troublemakers on every daggum team. And if you're one, the Lord loves you. I want you to know that. But uh, Deontay, uh, I spent every, I spent every week of the season uh, being welcoming to, to uh, Deontay, and Deontay was a total, absolute jerk all season long. He didn't say anything to me. He didn't look at me. Nothing, nothing. But uh, you know, at the end of the year. We, uh, we get after that last chapel where a bunch of those kids gave their lives to the Lord and a bunch of them said, I want to walk with him stronger. We, fit, we, we asked them to fill out a card. And on that card was their name. Uh, their, their, uh, their, we wanted their cell number. We asked for that. We asked for, hey, what's the next step in your life? I wish you could read those. Every one of them made me weep. The next, the next step for, what I, for these 18, 19-year-old guys, the next step. They were all so big and beautiful, but a few of them weren't. And Deontay put, I have no 
damn idea. See, I'm just quoting. It's exactly what he said. And that guy was so broken. But here's the next thing we did. We asked for their birth dates. Because we wanted to make sure that through SCA, we were going to connect with every one of those kids on their birthday. And when Deontay's birthday came up, I, uh, I went out to the campus and found him. I had a $25 gift card that I was going to give him. That was legal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I handed it to him. <laughs> He, he didn't cry. He, he didn't, you know, the only thing he said to me was, uh, he said, I ain't never had a birthday cake. I ain't never had a birthday cake. What the heck? What? Think, think about that for a minute. He's never had a birthday cake. Uh, something is so wrong with that. And Tim, it goes back to fathers. That's a father problem. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a race. I'm not talking about any group of people. I'm just talking about us, all of us who are humans. That is a father problem. But you know what? You know what's going to happen next birthday for that boy? I'm going to have the biggest, fattest, daggum birthday cake he's ever seen in his life. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate that. And we're going we're gonna to do whatever it takes to keep welcoming hard people into the kingdom. Amen? Are you up? Are you up for that? Will you get up for that? Now, you know what I wanted to do? I could have done when that coach back in uh, June, uh, July... The way he acted to me, the way he treated me, you know what I could have said? I could have just said, to heck with him. I'll go find somebody that wants me to be here. Well, do you know what I can say to you? Everybody in the world wants you to be here. They just don't know it yet. Everybody in the world needs you if you're full of Jesus. Okay, uh, so five reasons why we miss welcoming others. Struggles and problems have robbed our joy and our hope. Sometimes we just get so busy with our own stuff. But here's what I want to say. Here's the lie we believe. God doesn't see me or hear me, and it will always be this way, and I deserve this. If you're struggling right now, that's not true. It will not always be that way. God can, 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 can help you and grow you out of your struggles and problems. He, he is the answer. Number two. We've talked about this. Old wounds and hurts cause us to guard ourselves instead of what? Give ourselves. I can't trust people. Well, you know what? You know what we do? We trust, we, we can't trust some people, but we can trust God with those people. Amen? And we can walk with them. Number three, we might be an introvert. Ah, raise your hand if you think you're an introvert. Ah, see, we got a bunch of introverts in here. Do you know what? Do you know what? I want to tell you what, Mary Buckley is an introvert, uh, but I want to tell you what, the world needs her, and if you're an introvert, it's okay, don't try to be an extrovert, but I want to tell you what, we need what you got, and don't back up from people, because we need you, 
And, you know, it's okay to be, it's okay to be an introvert. It's not, you know, it's not a spirit-filled thing to have, you know, you don't have to make yourself an extrovert. Uh, Mary, if you watch Mary in her ministry, uh, she is not just going to rush up to people like I will. But God uses her in such a powerful and beautiful way in who she is. And that's the important thing. Amen? Amen. Uh, number four, we believe the truth about God is not welcoming. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord Jesus. We think, listen to this. Here's some things that I've heard people say, Christian people say, over the last few months. Listen to this. And I want to ask you, who do you say God is? Because whoever you say God is, that's what you're going to reflect to other people. So we got to get that right. Look, listen to this. I saw a guy, he was limping down the street, and this guy I know. And I said, Sam, what, did you, what happened to your knee? This is a quote. God busted it. Is that your God? Did he bust your knee to teach you a lesson? Did he ever use injury to teach us? But that's not his M.O. That's not who he is. He wants to bring health and healing. Uh, here's one that I hear all the time. God's judgment is on America, especially Democrats and CNN. Somebody needs to be hurt. <laughs> Y'all, Lord Jesus, our politics, help us. You know, you know, God's judgment is not on America. God's judgment was on Jesus at the cross. Can you just let that sit in for a minute? And so the more we condemn our own country with stupid stuff like that, I've said it, I've been angry before. I don't like the way things are going. I don't, you know, I'm not sending Nancy Pelosi a Christmas card. If you don't know who that is, shame on you. <laughs> oh. But you know, God's judgment's not on America. It fell on, it fell on Jesus at the cross. And we're on this side of the cross, and we're called to bring grace. Amen. Uh, I'm done. I'm just going to quit because I've lost y'all. I don't know. Number five, I'm just going to say it real fast. We are too preoccupied with the weight of our responsibilities. You know, that just happens so much. You know, here's what a lot of us think. My job demands the best of my life. What a lie. That is never true never true. Look, there's some amazing scriptures down here uh, that, that highlight the things that I've said, but I want to point out one to you real, real quickly here, and I'm going to be done. Uh, Romans 2.4. Look down there, uh, right in the middle, Romans 2.4. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his what? And his what? And his what? Not knowing that the what of God leads to what? That is the most important scripture verse that I've read, maybe ever. That sticks with me 
And I want that to mark my heart above everything else. And when I am bringing, you know, you don't have to be a, a, a jerk to the world to win the world. I'm telling you, if we lead with love, the kind of love that the Lord gives, the kind of love that He is, love is truth. And if we lead with love, I guarantee you, people are going to get convicted. Amen? Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, and if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening, and remember, the service begins now. I'm trusting you.